Podcast Answer Man, episode number 161. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and today I have... (laughs) A very long episode, probably going to be about an hour and 10 minutes in length total. And I am very excited about today's episode. It is, again, out of the normal question and answer format that I normally do here on Podcast Answer Man. But, you know, sometimes you just have to break free from the norm just to do some things that come along your way. And, of course, last week, you guys know that we had a special interview with Rob Walsh over there at Libsyn.com and Wizard Media, and I I got some great feedback from you guys. I'm very thankful that you guys found that as useful as I did. I, I, I certainly learned a few things, even though I thought that I had it all, you know, pretty much understood. And, and so there were some great insights that came into that for anybody who is using the service services over there at Libsyn.com, especially for those of you who are not yet transitioned over to Libsyn 3. And uh, if you missed that episode and you are a Lipson user, you definitely need to go back to episode number 160 and listen to that interview. Well, today is another interview. And this, however, is not an inter- is not where I'm actually interviewing somebody else, but it is where I'm being interviewed. Now, uh, if you go way back into the feed here on Podcast Answer Man, a couple months ago, I'd say actually probably several months ago, I was I had the privilege of basically interviewing somebody who I really look up to as far as a celebrity in my own eyes. Uh, it, it, a man who has inspired me in so many different ways through his podcast and more importantly, his books, uh, the 48 Days to the Work You Love and No More Mondays. His name is Dan Miller. Heard about him first from uh, uh, Dave Ramsey on the radio. And uh, Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller are really close friends, and and uh, Dave was always promoting Dan Miller's materials, 48 Days to the Work You Love. He was always encouraging people to check that out and to find work that they love instead of being stuck in a job where they, you know, they're only there for the money. And, of course, I remember hearing about Dan Miller here and there and all that other stuff. Never really checked the guy out until... Uh, one day when I finally decided, you know, I want to I want to try to do something different with my life. And of course, you guys probably many of you know the transition that I did uh, from, you know, my career in insurance into the world of podcasting full time. Well, if you don't know that story, you're about ready to hear it if you're interested and if you're interested in sticking around for a podcast as long as this one. Uh, so here's the situation. A couple months ago, I just put out there that it was it'd be my dream to actually get to meet and talk with Dan Miller, and you know, and and it would be even best. You know, the best thing would be that you know if if I could interview him for one of my shows and and just basically have an opportunity to kind of just tell him how much of an inspiration he's been. Well, I've shared since then, either in Podcast Answer Man or over at PursuingABalancedLife.com. I, I've shared since then that Dan not only allowed me to do that um, interview on, here on Podcast Answer Man, but since then, he and I have become uh, friends. And not only that, but he's one of my customers. He's he's one of my clients. And I, I will just tell you, it's the, it's the coolest thing in the world. Well, you know, the, just yesterday, the, the next coolest thing that could happen happened. 
you got to understand this, okay? I, I want you to I want you to recognize just how blessed I am uh, before I I play this interview that was done last night. Know this, Dan Miller does the 48 Days to the Work You Love podcast. It is an excellent podcast. I encourage you to go to 48days.com and check it out. Search, uh, look on the, click on podcast there and subscribe to it in iTunes. I'm serious. You'll absolutely thank me for it later. Um, so here's the deal. He's got tens of thousands of subscribers to his, his uh, podcast. I think between his podcast and his newsletter that he has, he's been doing a newsletter for many years. I, I've heard, I think I've heard numbers into the hunt, you know, well over a hundred thousand subscribers total. Well, Dan sometimes will do these free teleseminars. He will actually he will actually do a free teleseminar, and it, it's usually related to you know inside information about interviewing people who are successful, pulling out information that could be useful to you and your business, and all of this other stuff. Now, Dan doesn't pick these people lightly. He chooses <laughs> who to present to his community, to his audience, to his his uh, membership. And I want to tell you the biggest honor in the world. And, and by the way, you're going to hear in the in the front of the interview that I've just made it into Business Week, and I've I've been on uh, New York Times, I've been uh, in the in all the local newspapers, uh, AP Associated Press, I've been on the radio stations. I was done. There was something done on the television uh, news uh, here locally, all related to this podcasting and to my business and everything that's going on. All of this press happened in the last 10 days, but I will tell you this. I am even more excited about what happened in this interview because here's the situation. Dan Miller presented me to his community as the go-to person for the podcasting and new media stuff, and and with an endorsement like that, I can tell you right now, there's a lot of weight behind it. And trust me, I, as a podcaster, as a content producer, as a community leader, I understand what, how big of a deal it is to actually put your endorsement behind somebody. And, and wow, this, this was amazing. So I'll tell you what, I've talked a whole lot about it. (laughs) I'm only extending this thing, but uh, I just am very excited. And I hope that you guys will gain some insights into some of the questions that Dan asked me and some of the questions he, he brought in from those who were listening uh, to the teleseminar. Anyway, without any further ado, here, my friends, is the interview where I was interviewed by Dan Miller. A dream come true for sure. Here you go. This is Dan Miller from 48days.net. This is our weekly member call. Each week, I um, find somebody, and it's not hard to find, but find somebody in our membership who's taken an idea and run with it. We have a lot of people who have taken the seeds of an idea and created a plan of action and are doing something with that. Tonight's certainly no exception. If you heard the the pre-recorded tidbit here, Cliff is jumping in here. He's ready to take over the technology and uh, put me to shame already. And we're going to pick his brain about how he does that. So I'll I'll be telling you also about some of the upcoming events we've got coming up here at the sanctuary. Uh, uh, I'll save that for a little later on so we can jump right into it. Now, Cliff Ravenscraft is pretty uh, visible on 48days.net and has uh, positioned himself, and rightfully so, as the podcast answer man. Has a pretty amazing story. This is something that's happened pretty recently. This is not years and years. He didn't have a granddaddy who podcast and a grandfather who podcast. This is something where he put an idea together pretty recently and has 
kind of knocking it out of the park. Some exciting things that are happening right now and even uh, a couple nights ago. So we're going to ask him about that. But Cliff, welcome in. Thanks for being with us tonight. Uh, thank you so much, Dan, for having me. I can't tell you how much of a privilege and an honor it is to be your guest on this uh, uh, teleseminar. Thank you. Well, thank you. Golly. I mean, the questions are coming in, and there's a whole lot of things that people want to know about. Now, I, I really want to know a little bit about you, but I think there's one uh, burning issue that we're going to need to address right away. Sunday night was the finale of Lost. Tell us a little bit about your involvement with that, because there's a, a really important point about what we're going to be talking tonight about that's podcasting that relates to this. You are a Lost fan, correct? I am a Lost addict. Addict. All right. And as such, you decided to connect other lost addicts, and you did that how? I did it through podcasting. Uh, in fact, what happened, Dan, is I, I started podcasting about the TV show Lost in 2005 with my wife, Stephanie. Uh, over the course of uh, the last five years, we've built that to an audience of 60,000 subscribers around the world. And a few years ago, we started to get the idea that people would be interested in coming into town and, and uh, meeting other people that we've built relationships with, uh, either personally one-on-one -on -one or connected them in relationship to one another. And a couple years ago, we started throwing season premiere and season finale parties. And we've had as many as, well, we've had people come from as far as Belgium, Germany, the Netherlands, and from almost every state in the United States to come to these parties. And this pack, past weekend was an event to end all events. Um, it was absolutely <laughs> amazing. We celebrated the series finale of Lost, and we reserved an entire restaurant in the Cincinnati Airport Hilton Hotel. I mean, the entire restaurant was ours. And um, basically, it was a huge... I'll, I'll tell you what. We received more media attention than I could have ever dreamed possible. Uh, the Associated Press contacted me, did a story. We made it into every major and minor news publication around the world from Business Week all the way down to local newspapers in other countries. Uh, ABC News Radio ran syndicated stories with interviews that they did with me throughout the entire week. We were fe featured on a major uh, Cincinnati radio station here in the morning show. Uh, we got the front page of the Cincinnati and Kentucky Inquirer both. And uh, and nothing, of course, will top the story that was done uh, uh, by WCPO News, our, our local ABC affiliate. Literally tens of thousands of people in the Cincinnati area immediately after the finale of Lost went off, they actually saw the story that ABC uh, News did live with us there from the hotel out of this world. You know, now there are so many business principles out of what you just shared in two minutes that we could spend the rest of our hour just unpacking that. You know, people say, well, gee, how can I build an audience? Nobody knows me. And here you took something that was already a well-known phenomenon. So all you did was give a platform for listeners of a popular show to congregate together to share their ideas. That's not really rocket science. It's just seeing an opportunity and doing it. Now, also, you know, people think, well, you know, how could I ever build an audience? You know, I don't have a quarter of a million dollars to take out, you know, billboard advertising. And, again, I assume that your cost 
in doing the podcast and getting that out there is essentially zero. Now, we'll talk about, you know, technology components and so on in a minute. But, you know, essentially, the platforms are there, available. You just get it out there. And my podcast goes up on iTunes. I don't pay anything for that. It's the number one career-rated show on iTunes, and the technology just allows us to do that. Now, I wanted to throw that out right at the beginning because it's such an amazing phenomenon. I did watch the video clip that you sent. What a deal. I mean, I laughed and laughed out of just a pleasure at what I saw you doing there. What a great way to build an audience and build a brand. It, it it was the confirmation of a dream that happened uh, years ago, and I'll tell you what, I, I it was beyond my wildest expectations. I, I never would have imagined it would be here, and and it's only I believe the tip of the iceberg of the places that we're heading uh, with with the business that my wife and I have created, and and where God's calling us to go with this thing. Okay, now you guys don't live in New York City, you don't live in Miami, you don't live in Los Angeles. Tell us where you live. And then I want to ask you a little bit about your transition into doing this. Sure. We live in northern Kentucky, uh, which is about 15 to 20 minutes just south of Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, so we're we're not in a major metropolis area or anything like that. But uh, surprisingly enough, people in our own hometown until this weekend did not know a whole lot about us. uh, Here in our our home studio, uh, where we actually broadcast out. Uh, shows to 60,000 people around the world, but 60,000 people around the world are, and I hate to use the word, but in a way, I I guess it's the best way to describe it, but we have 60,000 fans around the world. And, uh, and, And this weekend, for the very first time, I think our local area came to realize just what was in their backyard as far as the influence that we're having an impact around the world, right from our, our, our home here. One of those invisible cottage industries that we keep hearing about. You know, people are often amazed when they drive around, like down here where I live, south of Nashville, and they see these big, beautiful homes, and they think, wow, you know, are there that many doctors and dentists and attorneys? And I always chuckle because I know a lot of the people that live in those places and are doing the kind of things you're doing that are totally non-traditional, just creative applications. Now, we're going to get into, you know, people... Already, I can hear the wheels turning out there. You know, well, how do you monetize that? I mean, a lot of the questions that we're getting in uh, deal with that. And incidentally, just for those of you who are new listening, and so you're a clear uh, cliff, I'm, I want to talk to you in about the first 30 minutes of our conversation here. And then we're going to go to listener questions. We've got some really cool questions coming in, and we'll address those. have a lot of new listeners tonight, which was a result of... And just a simple media thing uh, that I had the privilege to do, I recorded a show with Moody Radio about a month ago, and I just put in there a little teaser to have people go to our 48days.net site, and uh, we had an avalanche of new people. So if you're a Moody Radio listener, we welcome you in uh, tonight. Now, Cliff, five years ago, you talked about you and Stephanie started the Lost podcast, and five years ago, one of the notes that I put out If you would have talked then about podcasting, sitting on your behind in front of a microphone in your house and have that be considered a real business, I mean, people would have laughed at you. You were in family insurance business, as I recall, correct? That's correct. Very successful as an insurance agent. Um, I was making $87,000 a year and... 
I was ranked top 50 out of 14,000 agents with one of my companies. So I, I absolutely used to love and adore my career in insurance. And uh, it was it, you, at one time it was a passion. Okay. And, and then something got your attention. How did this transition occur and cause you to walk away from that kind of a traditional real job with that kind of an income and cause you to put your efforts toward what you're doing today? Well, I, I'll just tell you that the whole, the whole thing with podcasting started just as a hobby. I mean, I had no aspirations of doing anything, uh, you know, as far as changing my career path. As I said, I was, I was already quite successful. Money was coming in. Thanks to uh, your good friend, uh, Dave Ramsey. My wife and I got on the Dave Ram- Ramsey plan and, and got completely debt-free minus our mortgage uh, several years ago ba- based upon my income from my career. So I, I wasn't looking for a change. I was just... I, I've always loved technology and I've always had some passions. And of course, one of the things people are going to recognize real quick listening to this, I love to talk. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, so what happened was when I found podcasting, I found that there would be people out there who have an interest in hearing me talk. And, <laughs> and, and it's like the fact that people would love to hear me talk more than I actually like to hear myself talk, which that's hard to believe. Uh, but it, it blew my mind away and people would listen. And, and when I started getting emails from people who said their lives have been changed for the better as a result of my podcasting, well, that's when things started to change for me. I, I recognized that there was something that I could do with my life uh, and, it, and it brought more meaning and more purpose. And I know that sounds crazy for the folks who are still thinking that I'm just podcasting about the TV show Lost. And for the first you know, several months, first six, seven months, that's all we did podcast about was the TV show Lost. But people started calling in and emailing me and saying, you know, hey, I've been listening to your show and I have this sneaking suspicion that there's something different about you and your wife. Do you happen to be Christians by any chance? And and that would open some really amazing conversations through email. And over the course of just the first year, I'd say I've got about three or four letters on my bulletin board here that I post up whenever they come in of people who had said that, number one, either they found faith in Christ as a result of listening to our shows or have uh, gone back to the church after recognizing that the church, not everybody in the church is stuck in the the old ages, you know, the dark ages. And and. And we, f- we found like there was this mission, there's this, there's this mission that God was laying on our heart to let people know that there are Christians in the world that aren't what you see stereotypically uh, described and, and uh, related to on television and in movies. Now, let me, let me coattail on a couple of things that you just kind of laid out here. One is, you know, we tell people, find what your passion is and act on that. And I have people that say, well, I'm passionate about keeping my yard trimmed, or I'm passionate about making cheesecakes, or I'm passionate about golf, but of course, you know, nobody would ever pay for that. You described, you enjoy talking. Now, most people would say, yeah, right, are you dreaming? Who's going (laughs) to pay you to talk? So you have that. The other thing that you just very graciously kind of woven in here is the fact that I know that you spent some time struggling with the idea were you called traditional to traditional ministry? Should you be a pastor? And here you are saying, that just comes through. If that's a passion, you can't keep it hidden. Yeah. And this has given you a platform, and rather than having a church with 250 people in it, you have an audience of 60,000. You call them fans. We could call them a whole lot of things. People that look to you for encouragement and guidance 
in a variety of areas. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool to be able to do that, to bring those two things together like that and find a format that embraces both of those and allows you to do those. Absolutely. And, and you know, Dan, the, the question is, you know, wh- where on earth did I see an opportunity into doing this in, in full-time career? And, and the answer to that question is I, I did not see this opportunity at first. Um, I, it, it, it was, I remember it being a quote unquote, and I will call it a pipe dream. You know, it's one of those things like, man, there's just no way, but man, it would be really cool to podcast for a living. And I remember I, I probably let that out in an audible form on an, on one or two or three or four or 15,000 occasions. I don't know, but, <laughs> but here's the thing. I never believed in my heart, not even for a second that it would ever be possible. But what happened was I started getting to the place where I became miserable going into my my job in insurance because I spent most of the day interacting with the community of people who were listening to the various podcasts that we were producing. And and Dan, I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind, can I play just a little bit of an audio clip to really share with you when my life and my focus changed? Sure, absolutely. This should come through pretty well in the audio. So I'm just going to play this little audio clip. Hi, my name is Jenny, and I'm from Rochester, New York. I'm a mother of a young son, and I work full-time, and I spend a lot of time listening to GSPN podcasts. I started listening because I was into Lost, and I was looking for Lost podcasts. And I can't believe what I found in GSPN and just the the inspiration and sense of community that I feel by listening to their podcast. I really feel connected to Cliff and Stephanie and it's really important to me and I I think it's changing my life. It's inspiring me to live better and I'm just so thankful for all that they do. And so there you go. That that just, and it goes on a little bit, but uh, th- those kind of voicemails were coming in on a very frequent basis. And I, re- I realized that, you know, there's something more I wanted to do with my life than just helping people one person at a time in an insurance agency in Northern Kentucky. Absolutely. And, and it's just, you describe such a natural kind of transition. Again, unorthodox, non-traditional, absolutely. But when you really are that clear about what your own passions are, it's amazing the kind of things that you can do to put legs on that and turn it into something that you actually do day after day. Now, you, you implied a little bit ago that you, know, that you do a lot more at this point than just talking about Lost. And hey, What are you doing with that now that they, they actually had their finale? I mean, is it just over? Are you doing anything to follow up? Or are you going to take your 60,000 people and create a sequel? Or what are you doing? <laughs> we, well, you know, the thing is, is we've, we've spent the last two, year, two and a half years uh, my wife and I uh, transitioning the focus off of our entertainment podcast and putting the focus on our family and faith based and and pursuing a balanced life based uh, content, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in a little bit. But uh, I, I, I've I've been very um, strategic about the way that I've been transitioning and 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 kind of in, involving people from the community into our other shows. So, so that's going on. Uh, the other thing is, is that we, I mean, Lost is going to be around. The Lost podcast, uh, which people can find, by the way, at lostpodcast.com. But anyway, we plan on continuing that franchise because after the show is off, we have, I have this great dream and this desire that eventually I will, I will do an interview with every single cast member every single producer, co-producer, showrunner, and writer that ever worked on Lost. I want to oh interview them all, and my goal is to do one episode per month after we finish wrapping up all of our review of the finale. 
And uh, that's a big dream. But uh, even before the finale, we just recently interviewed three major stars uh, from the show. And I have no doubt that now that their finale is over, they are, quote unquote, allowed to start talking about some of the things that they were doing. Whereas before it, it was quite impossible, even though we did get a couple of them on here. It was near impossible to get these people to come on the show before the finale. So that's where we're going. And the other thing is now, rather than just being, you know, some little boy in northern Kentucky, you're the guy that got media coverage like no one else for the season finale. I mean, that that does wonders to boost your credibility and open doors for you to actually contact those people who were involved. Hey, I've got to ask you one question that came up here. Now, we know that we have... You know, listeners who are in a lot of different uh, kinds of businesses, but I have a question here uh, where somebody actually asked, what is a podcast? Give us just a brief definition of what that really is, and then I'm going to go into the different content that you and Stephanie are doing. Sure. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell you that an, a podcast in its simplest form is it is media content, either audio or video, and by the way, I'm very biased towards audio. But it's, it's, it's any kind of audio or video or multimedia content that you make available online and people can subscribe to it through something called RSS or a subscription feed. Uh, so basically, the, most people use a program called iTunes and it's kind of like um, having a mailbox. So instead of coming to my website every single day or a couple times a month to see if I post something new... Uh, That would be like you coming to my house and saying, hey, did you send me any mail? Did you send me any mail? Well, instead, how about I send out the mail whenever I have it, and then you just check your your mailbox that's right in front of your house and see if there's anything in there, because as soon as I release something, it goes into your mailbox. And so that's what iTunes does. It basically goes and checks my, my website for you on a consistent basis, and as soon as I make new content available, it's delivered to you without you having to really do anything. So that's what a podcast is. Okay. All right. Now, having said that, I want to have you share what some of the other content areas are that you're doing at this point. Sure. Um, Go ahead. Well, you do Family from the Heart, Business Tech Weekly. Just tell us because it covers kind of a variety of areas, and I want to see how you tie these together. Absolutely. Okay. So let me just tell you, I have three main categories that I've broken them down into. Uh, The first category we've already touched on a little bit, the entertainment podcast. So we started with the Weekly Loss podcast. Believe it or not, you can go to Twilight Saga podcast. And uh, if you ever wondered what a Christian husband and wife would sit there and and talk about as it relates to the Twilight Saga, uh, that's where you can go to find that. Um, we have, we have done the Grey's Anatomy podcast, the Desperate Housewives podcast. I mean, seriously. Uh, and, and by the way, I think it's crazy that I do the Desperate Housewives podcast because for the first two seasons of the show or no, the first four seasons of the show, I would never watch it. And I always kind of sneered at my wife saying, he's like, what are you doing watching this show? That's, that's like, you know, you know. That's just horrible trash television. And here now for the last couple of years, we've done a fan podcast devoted to this show. So, so, and, and, and let me tell you, it opens wonderful opportunities. And by the way, we never do this with the mind of being quote unquote evangelistic. We, I actually do enjoy these shows. I, I really do enjoy these shows and I enjoy this shows for what they are. 
pure entertainment. And uh, so th- there are entertainment podcasts. And by the way, there are a bunch of other ones that we do. Um, then we have, I want to call the business and technology podcasts. So there's Business Tech Weekly, where we talk about technology tools every week. We highlight the things that can help you become more profitable and more productive and more efficient in your business. Uh, we talk about, um, we've got a show called Help I Got a Mac for people who have been stuck using a PC all their life and who have finally seen the light and want to walk <laughs> over to the Apple side you're, of the world. You're biased or anything, are you? You know, it's it's funny. The, the, the first, I started the show called Help I Got a Mac and the title was exactly the perfect name because it was when I first got my first Mac. I finally was convinced to buy one and I literally despised it for the first six weeks. And I said, mm-hmm. I, I started the podcast to get help with me learning how to use it because it, it, was, I, it was so horrible. So it was help. I got a Mac and people came and they helped me answer my questions about how to use the Mac. And then over time, we transitioned and became the go-to source for helping other people who were making the transition over to Mac. And yeah, today I am a Mac only person, so it's it's kind of All interesting. Right. Uh, now let, let's let's give people some of the details here, and I'm going to force you through a bunch of content here, so we can switch to questions in a little bit too. But uh, this all happens frequently in an area like this. We could spend a whole lot of time, and uh, knowing how you and I both can talk pretty well, we could get extended. But let me let me ask you this, because I can hear people kind of wondering this. It's not that you position yourself as the only expert in the world on all these areas. You interact with your listeners where they send you questions, they send you suggestions, they leave voice messages for you. You involve people in a community. I want to really make it clear that this is not just a one-directional kind of thing. A podcast is a way to build a community where you allow a lot of people to participate. Can you expand on that a little? Absolutely. I, I'll tell you what, when it comes to the world of Macintosh, I am not an expert. I mm-hmm. e- e- Even today, I'm still a novice. And I would say that 35% of the people who subscribe to Help I Got a Mac know a whole lot more about Mac and Apple products than I would ever know. Be, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the thing is, is what I do is I... I say, you know what, call in with your questions. And by the way, I brought in a co-host for that show. He happens to be a gentleman that used to work as a genius behind the Genius Bar in an Apple store. And I developed a relationship with him and I said, I need your expertise. Let's position you as the expert and I'll just uh-huh. be the quote unquote, you know, the guy who needs to know and stuff like that. And and I also say, you know what, Chris and I are both stumped here, but we know that you guys out in the community have an answer. And by the next week, we get two or three people who have very detailed answers to everybody's questions. And so the whole idea is to build the community, to build the relationships and to really highlight other people's strengths and and their their passions and to connect those with the people who need their their services. And so that's that's one of the things that we do. And that's just one example of that. Well, I think that's really important. So people don't just uh, say, well, I could never do that because, you know, I'm not the expert. You've taken a variety of topics here that have to do with life and parenting and relationships and technology and spirituality. And But again, you are a master at just engaging the community and allowing them to feel like they're a part of what's going on rather than just you speaking down to them in some way. Now... Here are, 
Let me just uh, kind of cut to the chase here on this, too. Everyone wants to know, and questions are coming in on this, you know, how do you generate income from this? You're talking about giving away a lot of free content, spending a lot of time. Give us just a couple tidbits on how this does actually act as a business for you where you can feed your family. Well, I'll tell you what, the one thing I, I, I have to credit you for, and I know that you heard this from somebody else and you were just passing on the quote, but I remember hearing on one of your podcasts, you said, you know what, you need to find something you love to do so much that you'd be willing to do it all day long for free. <laughs> but then you need to become so excellent at doing that thing that people would be willing to find way that people would be willing to pay you to do it. And that's that's the philosophy that I've lived my life by ever since I've gone into this podcasting thing. I, I trust me, I would do this if money were no, you know, that other question. I used to hate this question. If money no, were no object, what would you do with your life? Well, right. what a stupid question. But now I tell you what I, it is literally if money were no object, Dan, I would literally spend more time creating content than I do today mm-hmm. for free. So, Mm -hmm. so I, because I love it that much, I'm that passionate about it. But so the question though is how, how do I generate income? Well, first of all, I have a few shows that I have that are sponsored by companies that I actually have hand picked and chosen as perfect fit for a perfect fit for my audience. I'd love to give you one example of this that fits into something we just talked about. I am not an expert in the field of having a virtual assistant. Now, a virtual assistant, we're not going to go into details of what that is, but I encourage you to look it up. Go to virtualassistantpodcast.com, in fact. Um, I hired my very first virtual assistant in January of this year. So by no means am I an expert. In fact, prior to December of, of, of 2009, I hardly had any understanding of what a VA or a virtual assistant was. So that's how much of a novice I am. But here's the situation. I hired a virtual assistant. I fell in love with the process of delegation and what it allowed me to accomplish in my business, which by the way, all that media attention and all that press that I just told you about, not even a single bit of it would have ever happened had it not been for me delegating and having a great virtual assistant behind me. Uh, The party that I threw, the Hilton Hotel, the restaurant, all the room rates, all of that all of it was negotiated by my assistant. All of the interviews that I do for my podcast, all of those set up by my assistant. So I fell in love with this idea of having a virtual assistant, but still my knowledge of the industry is next to nil, except for my own experience over, well, five months and 25 days. Mm-hmm. But today, Dan, I make $800 a month talking four times a week about virtual assistants. Now, I think it's, significant the way you did that and you happen to share that with me you again not being an expert in that area but decided you wanted to do a podcast you selected the perfect sponsor and approached them before you ever did a single podcast before i had a single subscriber i had negotiated 800 dollars a month sponsorship on an ongoing basis with a minimum six-month contract all right see that i mean that, i hope that's encouraging to people because people think well that's easy for Cliff to say because he's got all this success behind him. You just decide how this should work and then just go ahead and do it. Now, this also lends itself to the idea, so you were doing Lost. Now, again, that was not a paid subscription thing. People just listened, got involved in the community. But that gives you a track record when you show that you can attract that kind of an audience. I mean, people see that. 
I mean, people watch my podcast numbers. I mean, people watch your podcast numbers. They're easy to track. And when you are able to uh, build that kind of an audience, then you are a candidate to say, here's another topic. I know how to build an audience. Would you like to be my sponsor? That's, that's really awesome. Now, who are, now, one of the ways that you create income in addition to sponsorships is that, is that you do consulting, which is often uh, one of the very legitimate ways to create income rather than just doing something. Last night, uh, Joanne, my wife, had an art class party out here. Well, her instructor, who is a wonderful artist, uh, makes more money instructing than she does selling her art. And so you got into this. You really kind of got in the, you know, in the groove of how to do podcasts. And so a lot of people are approaching you, like me, saying, golly, teach me how to understand this whole business of podcasting more. And so you do a significant amount of consulting, correct? I do. Uh, I do a very significant amount of consulting, uh, and it's and, and it's one of my favorite things to do outside of actually podcasting itself because I love relationships with people. I love working one on one with people, and I love to teach. Uh, God, I believe God's given me the heart of a teacher, and 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 I'll be honest with you. When I first started podcasting as a hobby, people would call me all the time, and I'm not kidding you when I say that I used to spend hours on the phone teaching people how to podcast, and never dreamt of even asking them to pay me money. I mean, I just loved doing it that much. This is back when I was still making lots of money as an insurance agent, and and you know the money wasn't a big deal. I just wanted to help people, and so when people, you know, I I basically said, you know, ah, I'd love to do this as a living. And when I became miserable in my career in insurance, people said, Cliff, you don't understand what you've got there. People would be willing to pay you money. I'll pay you money. Number one, I'd pay money to listen to your content. I'd pay money to have you teach me how to do these things. People will pay you money. There is money in this and you can do it. And it and it took about 15, 20 people to actually say that, not to convince me because it still didn't, but it convinced my wife because every time somebody said that, my wife became more and more convinced because my, my wife saw my personality. She saw more in me than I actually saw in myself. And one day I came home from work after a very emotionally taxing day. I mean, it was a really bad day and I had already just been completely distraught about the fact that I hate my career in insurance. In fact, let me tell you, <laughs> let, let me say this. I, I realized that that podcasting was standing so much in the way of my career as an insurance agent that uh, at one point I finally decided, Dan, I have to quit podcasting. I have to give this up because it's it's too consuming. I have duties as an insurance agent, as an employee at the family-run business. I have duties as a husband, as a father, and I'm falling short in every area because of this all-consuming passion about creating this, this content and building this community, and it's getting way out of control. So I decided I have to quit. That didn't even last a week, but it was the most miserable couple days of my life. I came home after a very bad day at work, and my wife says, will you please quit your career in insurance and do podcasting full time? And she said, Dan, she says, I don't care what it takes. If we have to sell the house, rent, if I have to go get a job while you build the business, we'll do whatever it takes. I want you back and the kids want their dad back and I know that podcasting is going to fulfill the purpose in your life that God has for you. Oh, how awesome. And my the, goodness. The, yeah. nec the next day, I went into my dad's office, my dad being the owner of the insurance agency. 
my dad being the guy who, you know, he makes a whole lot more money than I had ever dreamed of making. And he says, this is going to be yours in about four or five years. And, and I'm telling you the contracts for me to take over the insurance agency already, all the ink had already dried. Oh my. And I went into my dad and I'm telling you, I was, I was actually quite confident that this was good because I was, I was nervous. I'm like thinking there's no way I still like, there's no way I can do this. And I'm waiting. It's like, okay, all I need is my dad to tell me that this is a stupid harebrained idea. And then I'm off the hook. I have an excuse Uh to, to abandon this crazy dream. And I went into my dad and Dan, I will tell you my, my dad says to me, he says, Cliff, I have been waiting for you to come in and tell me that this is not for you and that podcasting is for you because because he says one day you're going to make more money here than I have ever made in insurance. It, awesome. And and he, Boy, he what t- an affirmation to get it both from your wife and from your dad and boss. Yes. It was out of this world and and that it, my wife, my my own father and my community who believed in me they all infused within me a belief in myself that I had what it took. And from that point forward, I just ran with it. And, and I will tell you, um, I gave a 90-day notice in my career as an insurance agent. Uh, and I, that final month before I left my, you know, that, that last week was Christmas, actually, of 2007. Dan, I will tell you, I had sleepless nights. I had nights where I literally thought I might need to call the hospital because I was, I was, I was having panic attacks. I was freaking out. I mean, <laughs> it's like, what have I done? And I, I literally, the week before I was supposed to step out and do it on my own, I went in my dad's office and said, Dad, can I continue to work here for the next six months for three days a week and I'll build my business on all the other days of the week? And my dad says to me, no. He said, absolutely not. He said, you either go and do this full time and you make it happen or you give it up now because you will not serve two masters. You're either going to go do that or you're going to do this, but you need to make a decision and you have to give me that decision by the end of this week. Oh my gosh. And, and he said, there he goes, but let me tell you something. He says, if you go out and you fail, which he says, I don't think you will. He says, if you go out and you fail, you always have this to come back to. But let me tell you, he says, but if you stay here, if you stay here, I don't ever want to hear about podcasting again. Oh, golly. What a great way to help you frame that. Yeah. Supportive, encouraging, but helping you draw a line in the sand so you don't keep one foot on both sides. Yeah. And, and, How cool. And, and I'll tell you what, in the, in the next coolest moment for me after that, I mean, th- there was the time with my wife. There was the time with my dad, and the next coolest moment for me, Dan, was uh, January of 2009, January of 2009, when it came time for me to renew all of my financial documents and bonds and licenses for my insurance. All of those things that I had worked so hard to get over all the years, when I finally turned all of those in and canceled all ties to the world of insurance behind, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness. And you know what? I've never looked back. And I and <laughs> and and I will tell you this: the first year I did this, Dan, it cost me fourteen thousand dollars out of my pension account uh, just to make ends meet. The second year of my business, uh, we just barely made ends meet. And uh, this year, ever since January of this year, I've made more money every month than I've ever made in a monthly basis in my entire life. 
including back awesome. when I used to make $87,000 a year as an insurance agent. Awesome. Fantastic. And, you know, I, I did not know that. So I want people to know that, you know, I didn't carefully select somebody who was just knocking out of the park. I mean, I just see all your presence everywhere and hear the excitement of what you're doing. And I'm convinced, as you've already alluded to, you know, if you're doing that, money shows up and tracks you down. Hey, I want to ask you two questions, and then we're going to go to some listener questions here. I know that you coach a lot of interesting people and organizations that decide they want to do podcasts. Who are a couple of those interesting kind of groups or organizations that you've been privileged to coach on how to do their own podcast? All right. I've, I've, I knew you were going to ask me this question, so I've got some, I've got some fun names to share with you. Uh, the, first one, uh, the first client I ever had, his name was David McClellan. Now, um, car fans may already know that name. He's actually, he's the first client I ever had. And this is a, my, my first client was a guy who has a bronze statue of himself, not in his own home, but at the Corvette Museum. Oh. So he is the former chief engineer of Corvette. He was the chief engineer of Corvette from 1975 to 1992. And he hired me as his consultant and coach to teach him how to podcast so that he could preserve the history of the Corvette. Oh, how cool. And I will tell you what, he did interviews with people who were in their 90s. The the folks that, that started and pioneered and envisioned the Corvette, he got them literally weeks before they died oh. in interviews. So wow. that, my friend, I feel like I've helped preserve a part of history for for literally millions of people out there who are, are who are fans of the Corvette and the car industry. So that oh, was fun. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you some other fun ones. Uh, Sister Julie Vieira, uh, she is uh, a, a nun in a from a convent in Chicago. Uh, if you go to anunslife.org, that's a nunslife.org. These these sisters are doing some amazing podcasting. <laughs> so, I mean, the community community that they are building is amazing. One of the podcasting pioneers that I looked up to from the very beginning was Father Roderick Von Hogan. Uh, I've actually worked with him on a consulting basis. And not only that, but now he and I actually co-host the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast together. Uh, oh, really? Uh-huh. So I do a, I do, here I am a Protestant uh, ex-pastor and, and I'm doing a show on a weekly basis with a Catholic priest from the Netherlands. So that's a oh, lot of fun. That's amazing. I had a client from Saudi Arabia that just, I mean, this isn't somebody special. It's just, I think it's fun that Fahad Amashat, just a normal guy, uh, a student pilot, wanted to learn how to podcast his experience uh, in learning how to fly from Saudi Arabia. That is cool to work with him. Media, uh, oh goodness, I can't. Media Week, which is a major publication in Australia, hired me. Joe Lample is a, a TV television pioneer. He has uh, had uh, television shows on Do It Yourself Network or DYI Network and PBS. He's one of my clients. Senator Jim Bunning, I'm sure you've probably heard that name. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. the newly elected United States Senator from Kentucky, Rand Paul. And, uh-huh. and I want to tell you, and I'm not just saying this, but the most, the, the biggest honor as far as a client that I've ever worked with on a consulting basis is this guy named Dan Miller. Oh, hey. Well, man, I value your expertise. When I saw what you were doing and started hearing all the buzz on 48days.net, now I was, you know, I mean, I had been doing a podcast for a couple of years 
using the absolute basic equipment. Free download of Audacity, a little $19 microphone, lapel mic that I talk over from Radio Shack, and man, that was it. Because I just didn't have the time to invest and really understand the technology. So I was thrilled when we connected and you came down from Cincinnati and you set me up with the Big Daddy stuff here. And I am thrilled with the improvement that it made. You know, and you were very gentle about displaying to me what a difference that was going to make. So I appreciate your expertise. Well, I have to, I have to, have to give a great shout out to my friend Andy Drob who connected you and I. And uh, I, I just really appreciate him as a as a friend. And uh, I'll tell you, it, I'm, it was it was one of the highlights of my life. I, I really do mean that. It was great because well, you your you your podcast, your books, really I, I believe have led to a lot of the great success that I've I've had in life and in my business since making this decision to go into this full time. Well, I'm grateful for that testimonial. That uh, humbles me and uh, lets me know the. Not only the opportunity, but the obligation I have to try to lead people properly. But I, I love what I'm doing. I hope that shows. Now, there, there's. Let me just jump into some of the questions here. I'm going to just rapid fire you with some. So, uh, give me one minute answers on these. You know, I people. I use. I have a, a newsletter that is quite large in subscriber list. I have a podcast, a blog. We have the 48days.net community. So there are a lot of things that I've done to create kind of community out there. Somebody asked, David uh, from Alberta, asked, does a podcast replace a blog as a means of keeping in touch? Absolutely not. Uh, in, fla- in fact, I believe that all audio podcasters should have a blog where you actually do share written thoughts because there are a lot of people out there that can read a whole lot faster than you can talk. And so those people love to read and consume your content that way. And so there are going to be some people who will actually be more apt to read what your thoughts are than they will be to listen to what your thoughts are. So continue to blog. Uh, The other thing you should consider doing is creating a YouTube channel. Uh, These are great. And there are going to be people out there who, believe it or not, will never read a word that you write. They will never listen to a word you say in an audio podcast, but by golly, you give them a three-minute video on YouTube that gives them value, and you just embed that on your blog, that's just going to keep them coming back for more. And of course, now, I'm very, I am very partial to audio podcasting, and I will tell you where, blog, where audio podcasting fits in, it is the most personal of media. Let me tell you, when, when, if you're married, if you talk to your spouse, chances are you talk to your spouse and her mouth is probably at least 12 to 18, you know, inches away from your, your ears. When I speak to somebody, my voice is going directly from, from the, the edge of their earlobe all the way into the, their brain in stereo because they're putting, <laughs> they're putting my voice in stereo into their ears to listen to me. And that's a very, very intimate one-on-one kind of personal feel. And when I talk to somebody, I, I speak as though I'm talking to that individual. I'm talking to a, a party of one. And that's how people perceive it. And not only that, but here's the reason why I love audio podcasting more than writing a written blog. First of all, I'm not a writer. I do do a lot of writing written blogs, but I do it for the reasons that I stated earlier. But here's one of the very... Um, good things about that about audio podcasting. When I actually say words, you can hear the inflection, the 
pause in my voice. I can I, I can either I can be I can be angry or I can be happy. I can be excited. And and there's no way other than to put a bunch of exclamation points or ex- exclamation marks on your blog to really convey passion. And so you, so I think so much more of who we are is conveyed in audio. And here's the other thing, my friends. There are 42 million people who drive more than 30 minutes one way to work every day. And guess what? Those people, they have to drive that far to get home every day as well. That's a captive audience who could listen to your audio podcast on a consistent weekly basis. Oh, that's, that's a lot. Now, it's obvious that you enjoy podcasting. It fits you. And like we always encourage people, find what fits you and do that extremely well. But you also touched on all those other components of social media knowing that those are important as well. So it's not just do one thing, and that's the one right thing. Yeah, do what you do well and do it extremely well, but also make sure that you understand the other components as well. Bob from Ben, Kentucky says, How do you select and develop a podcast that stands out among the search engine clutter of hundreds and thousands that might be addressed in the same subject matter? I think you have to do it in a way that is unique and of your own, and you have to be passionate about your topic. And understand this, I have a lot of consulting clients who come to me and say, you know what, I was thinking about doing a podcast, but man, when I do a search, there's already 15 in this. And I said, yeah, but tell me how many of this has your unique experience and perspective on the issue? You're the only person with that. Nobody else can give the world what you have in between your ears. And 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 by golly, don't withhold it. I mean, God's given you a lot of experience, a lot of, of knowledge, and a lot of wisdom that nobody else can possibly give to this world. You're the only person with it. And go with it and do it with excellence. And, and people will come. You know, when I did 48 Days to the Work You Love, it certainly was not because there was not another book on finding your passion or getting a job or starting your own business. There were hundreds of them. But there was just something that I thought I had seen people being drawn to. I mean, I had confirmation that people were being drawn to it from just personal contact like you were getting, but that they really wanted more than just the nuts and bolts of how to get a job. It's how do I really look in at what God has already told me about myself and from that really tap into my purpose and passion and then from there translate that into meaningful work. That gave me just a unique kind of positioning, and the results have certainly borne that out. Now, let me ask you this, and this comes from, mm, well, some of people are asking about your websites. What are the websites to get to you, Cliff? Sure. I I will tell you there are a couple. uh, Podcastanswerman.com is the business end of things. Uh, So that's that's pretty simple, podcastanswerman.com. The next one is GS. PN.TV. That's the Generally Speaking Production Network. And it's .TV instead of .com. So if you go to gspn.tv. And I really only have two other websites. One's virtualassistantpodcast.com. And the other one is pursuingabalancedlife.com. But gspn.tv is the one place where we have access to more than 24 different shows that we've produced over the years. Now, you obviously enjoy technology. Uh, Give us just a little bit about what you think are the basics. People are asking here, and I'm not going to go through individual questions, but certainly people are asking, what do I need in terms of technology to do a podcast that's going to be taken seriously? Give us kind of the the amateur version and then maybe a couple other pieces like you introduced me to. Sure. Well, let me just tell you, you could start out the way that I did. 
uh, as an amateur and as a hobbyist. And that literally, all I went to Best Buy and spent 45 bucks on a pair of headphones that had a little bit of a little microphone off to the side of it. Uh, and that just plugged into a laptop computer that I had that I ran some free Audacity recording software. And by golly, uh, for 45 bucks, I was recording my very first podcast episode. I uploaded it to a website where, which by the way, was hosted for free. And I created this RSS feed that I could submit to iTunes. And within about four or five weeks, we had 14,000 subscribers. So okay. 45 bucks is what it took me to get started. Okay. I, th- I want people to hear that. This is not some elaborate technology-laden kind of process. It's very simple. You were ahead of me in that. I had the, I believe it was a $19 little lapel microphone that I used. But again, used the Audacity software that's a free download and then uploaded. And again, I am, I am very much an amateur when it comes to technology. But I started in with the podcast without really knowing much, and again, attracted an, uh, a pretty large audience pretty quickly, and then connected with you to upgrade the equipment to make it easier on myself and on my listeners, I might add. Archie from Cookville, Tennessee, asked, uh, Cliff, every great coach has a great coach. Who is yours? Well, I That's have a great question. Yeah, exactly. I have plenty of great coaches. One of the things that I did when I first launched my business uh, I believe in the scripture, it says plans la- fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they, they actually succeed. And that's in Proverbs fifteen twenty two. And so when I started my business, I actually had 10 men from different fields and different backgrounds and different experiences to be my board of advisors. And so, and it's a very unofficial thing. There's no contract. There's nothing, you know, they don't gain any financially, anything like that. They just believed in who I am and what God has called me to do. And they agreed to be a a source of advice for me. And I had, so I have uh, people on that board of advisors who are uh, CEOs of major companies uh, I have somebody who uh, is, you know, vice president of marketing of one of the biggest corporations in the world. Um, and I can't mention who that is and what corporation, but it's pretty amazing how God brought that about. Um, and then, of course, I have people who are involved in social media and know exactly the world that I'm in uh, and have had their own somewhat successful business doing this as well. Um, and, and so just 10 different individuals who I can go to. Uh, at any time and say, this is what I'm thinking. And they can say, whoa, have you thought about this? Or, hey, I think that's great. You should maybe think about this too. And and so, yeah, I, I definitely have, I have 10 different people that I go to. Now, I want to kind of expand on that a little bit because some people may say, well, I don't have, you know, 10 people of influence in my, that I know. But the way I started as a poor little farm kid, uh, the, that board of directors I had was found in books. I mean, books are a wealth of information to get you started down the right path. But you also will find that as you identify people who are performing at a level which you want to perform, that they're very accessible and very willing to give help and advice to those who are coming along. The people who criticize you and don't have time for you are people who aren't high achievers who want to keep you held back. But you'll find that people who are really achieving a lot already uh, are very willing to reach out and help. I get coaches for everything. I mean, I've been very open about that on my podcast, and every time I speak, you know, I get coaches for everything. So if I want to know about blogging, I got a coach. You know, when I got a little bit into my feet wet and podcasting, you know, I connected with you. There's all kinds of areas 
where just in personal development and also in business things where I just immediately go find a coach, somebody who's doing it well, so I can learn from them. Shelley from Idaho says, I have an area that I know needs my help, caregiving for aging parents and loved ones. My coach, Carrie Wilkerson, says that every fourth grader is a mentor for a third grader, but what if you don't feel confident about speaking without a script? Now, I've heard that from very successful business people who I've talked to about podcasting. They say, man, I don't think I could just sit down in front of a microphone without having everything written out in advance. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, I think it's funny that, that you pr- pulled her question. Uh, Carrie Workleson is actually one of my clients as well. Uh, I, I, I love Carrie. She's a she's a great coach and and mentor to so many people. Um, we ought to give her we ought to give her website. She's got the coolest website name domain name. Go ahead. Barefoot Executive. That's right. Barefoot Executive. Yep. I love, love that. It. Actually, I think there might be a hyphen in there, but it's Barefoot Executive, she, she, which really gives a clear indication of the kind of business. Carrie has. And she, and she does a wonderful job too of of really using these social media tools to connect with yes. a, a, a people and and she gives so much of value away for free and that's why people are magnetically attracted to her. Um, and so that exactly. But anyway, to answer the question about scripting, I think if you can actually pull this off, there are a few people who do this extremely well. And this can actually go extremely bad as well. Uh, but if you can actually re put together an entire script and you can read it without it sounding like you're reading a script, then go for it. And I want to, I want to give you a website, go to growing a greener world.com. That's growing a and click on podcasts. And then I want you to click on, when you go there, click on the full article and you're going to see the entire script written out. The entire script is going to be on that post, but then click play and you can actually, you can actually listen to it as he reads word for word. But if I wouldn't have told you that and I would have just played the audio for you, you would never guess in a million years that he read a script. So there are people who can pull that off. The other folks out there, if you, one of the techniques that I give for people who actually do sound quote unquote overly scripted, what I suggest is that you write a script so that you become very comfortable with what you want to say. And then what you do is you take it and break it down into an outline and you only have the outline in front of you and then you kind of just ad lib it. And then there, I, I will say this, sometimes audio podcasting isn't for everyone. And maybe if you feel more comfortable writing a script, then by golly, you could just, you know, you could go with the blogging. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and and so th- there are a bunch of different options there. But hopefully, does that answer the question? Yes. And there are, and, and again, yeah, it comes back to that. I mean, there are people who are never going to do a podcast. This is not a must do to be successful. No. This is, if it fits with everything else you're doing, it can be a wonderful, cost-efficient way to build your brand and your business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, a couple other questions here that relate to length. Do you do the same length podcast for all the different ones that you do? I, I don't, um, but I can give you some ideas and thoughts on, on length. I would say, first and foremost, let, let's talk about the, the, the frequency of a podcast because I think that's more appropriate to talk about before we talk about length. Uh, I want to say that a weekly podcast is the sweetest spot you can be in. Uh, Every other week, you can maintain an audience, but weekly people will consistently be looking forward to new content. Um, Monthly, you might as well not even get in the game. That's my own personal feeling. Uh, You just that people just won't stick around from episode to episode. 
uh, but weekly is the best. Um, daily, believe it or not, is a little bit overwhelming, even if you do a two-minute daily Monday through Friday show. It can just be overwhelming. I, I will tell you, and again, I'm going to give you, now everything that I say here, please understand this is my experience, and a lot of this is my own personal feeling as well, but I would much rather hear a 15-minute weekly show from somebody than five two-minute shows on you know a daily two minute f- show five days a week that's just a personal preference and so uh but i find that a weekly show that is 30 minutes or less is the ideal spot for most people mm-hmm. okay good i think that's good to know um i mean i because I, I hear people questioning that gee does it need to be you know 90 minutes no please don't but I hear a lot of people wondering, well, should I do multiples like you're talking about, two, three, five minutes? So it's great to hear you frame it in that way. Now, so just a couple, I just just a couple s- more questions. Go ahead. Just real quick on that. I, I think YouTube videos are a different story. You know, you could you could do as many YouTube videos as you can throw out and make if you can make those two to three minutes, it's perfectly fine. But when it comes to audio, what you want to do is you want to fit into somebody's quote unquote listening schedule. Uh, People listen to audio podcasts in a different way than they consume video content. Usually video content, even though we have these great players, iPhones and Android phones and iPads and all those other portable devices that carry video around. Still, a majority of people consume that in front of a computer, but audio people tend to take it with them more. And and there's you know, and for example, I either want to listen to some content while I'm on the treadmill or I'm driving in the car, and I don't want to be in the middle of a run or heaven forbids, and I've certainly done this before, in the middle of a drive, and all of a sudden one podcast ends, and now I've got to go find another one. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so, so think about what most people might be doing when they're listening to audio and do you really want, you know, would you want to, if you were doing that one thing, would you want to have to find new content after two minutes? Okay. So just some thoughts right. there. Yeah, absolutely. Now my, my podcast, as you might guess, are 48 minutes. I've, I've done so much branding around that and I debated when I first started out, should I do 30 minutes twice a week? Should I do 60 minutes? And I just decided to do 48 I've done some surveys with my listeners, and we, that always seems to be a good landing spot. It's not a scientific kind of thing. It's more art and intuition, and we're responding to your listeners. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate your input on that. And, and then, a couple more questions here that I want to ask you. This is pretty interesting. Michael from uh, Birmingham, Alabama says, Is it legal to play copyrighted music in the intro or background during your podcast if you give credit to the musician? If it is a piece of licensed music through a record label, if it's ASCAP, BMI, any of those things, it is absolutely not legal for you to do that. Um, And sometimes I would even question if you have the artist's permission, it may not be legal for you to do that. Sometimes they don't even have the authority to do that. But let me give you a couple sources uh, where you can go to. Uh, Go to musicalley.com. And and, uh, there are some wonderful music there. It's completely available Every single podcaster is allowed to use that. All they have to do at the end of the show is mention the name of the artist and that they can find their music over at musicalley.com. The other things you can do is go online and just do a Google search for royalty-free music. Now, royalty-free doesn't mean it's absolutely free. What it means is that you can go, you can buy it once, and you have a license to play it over and over and over again. 
you don't quote unquote own the song so that it might actually still show up on some other people's podcasts or you might get somebody that calls in and say, I heard your theme song on the commercial for Ford the other day, <laughs> which has happened yeah. to me. But the thing is, is it's royalty free. So I want to I want to strongly encourage you that if, if it's a song that's been signed by a record label, you're probably better off staying away from it and moving over to some of the royalty free or what we call pod safe artists out there. Okay, all right. Uh, and the one that I use is, is Music Bakery. It's exactly what you described. The wealth of content there is just almost overwhelming. You can find any genre that you want, and you can buy a 15-minute segment, 30, 60, 60-second, whatever. Use it as many times as you want. That's what I use for all of our, uh, like my books and our audio products like that, yep. is that. Now, incidentally, somebody wrote in here that Kerry Wilkerson site, yeah, he's barefoot hyphen executive.com uh, this this one comes from Lindsay in New Brunswick who says hi Dan enjoy your show listen often during my cardio workout at the gym I'm a pastor we record our sermons and upload to our website how and where can we get these out elsewhere that's a great question um, you know I will tell you that um, I attend a church that meets in a high school gymnasium on a weekly basis, we reach, uh, we, our, our services are attended by somewhere between 100 to maybe 130, 140 people on a weekly basis. Our podcast is put online, but it's listened to people by more, it's listened to more than 1,000 people on a weekly basis. And the reason for that is, is because I tell my audience that I have met and established relationships through other means about that content. Uh, so I want to say that when it comes to putting a sermon online, I really want to encourage you to do something unique that most churches aren't doing. And that is, I would really encourage you to take uh, the pastor and maybe a lay leader and have those two people field questions from either the congregation, people in the community, and talk about spiritual issues in a non-preaching format and just have this open podcast where you just take question and answers and talk about real issues, real topics, real life, and put that online and see if that doesn't automatically get you more quote unquote word of mouth talk about what you guys are doing and what you have to share. And I think what will happen is as you get in, into a, a, a podcast that is becoming more relational with your audience, that people will become more interested in the sermons that you have to preach. Absolutely. That's the whole thing about social media. The, the name implies that it's interactive, not just one-directional. Boy, that's a great point of advice. If pastors would do that, you know, they could build communities rather than it just being you know, preaching from the pulpit and having that be their podcast. Hey, we got one last question here. We're a little past our time, and I want to wrap it up. This question is actually for me, so I'll answer it, and then I want to just uh, thank you, and we'll kind of tie things up. It says, uh, Dan, do you do a radio show in addition to your podcast? I get asked that a lot because I was on WTN, a 100,000-watt station here in Nashville for six years. And being on that, it's the premier talker show here. It's the one that has uh, Dave Ramsey and all the big names on there. And I loved being on there, and that did help me build my audience very quickly. But in doing Arbitron ratings, now here's kind of how, how the stages that I went through. I used to do a live seminar every week. So we would have between 60 and 80 people attend that. So it was really highly regarded, written up in the newspapers, and people would come, 60 to 80 people every week. Then I discovered 
the power of radio. I got on a radio show, and we would track with the Arbitron readings, and in any 15-minute segment, we would identify that we had six to 800 people listening, 600 to 800 people listening. So it was a big multiple of where I was before in terms of reaching people. Then I started experimenting with podcasting and putting it up on iTunes. Our podcast guys tell me that now we range between 70 and 80,000 downloads of my podcast. I don't do a radio show anymore. As soon as I saw what was happening, I said, you've got to be kidding me. I don't have to be tied to coming down to a, a radio station at a particular time and dealing with the text and things here. I can do the, the program and do it from the comfort of my own home and my office, which is on our property. So I made that switch and have never looked back. The station was absolutely dumbfounded that their highest-rated weekend show was going to just decide to walk away and not do it. I mean, they would have let me have any kind of terms that I wanted. I said, nah, I don't want to have to come down here. I'm going to do a podcast. So it leveraged my audience dramatically. I mean, being on a 100,000-watt station in Nashville allowed me to reach people in Kentucky and Alabama, Georgia, parts of Georgia. But now I hear from people who are in Kenya and Uganda and Brazil and New Zealand and Bangkok I mean, it's just amazing the reach because you erase all geography with the reach of a podcast. Absolutely. Well, you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, that, that's absolutely correct. Um, I, I will tell you that I work on a regular basis with people who have very successful radio shows. And oftentimes these people come to me, their initial reason for coming to me is saying, listen, I put hours into the preparation of every single show and the radio station, either number one, doesn't record it or number two, when they do record it, they mess it up half the time uh, and, and, and it's lost. And, you know, sure, I get people out there who happen to be channel surfing. Some people are regulars. They come and they listen and I do all this work, but I feel like it's a total waste. Can you help me find a way to archive these things to make sure that these things always get recorded and they're made available for people to listen to at their convenience? And so I do. I help them create their podcast and it never fails. Dan, there has not been a single client in the last three years that has hired me who has had, I mean, these people all have very successful radio shows. Every single one of them have left the radio station and now podcast full time. Bingo. Yep. It's just, and I, I tell people when we come up with new technology, they'll give me another 10 or hundred times multiple of what I'm doing. I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. Hey, Cliff, man, it's been a delight. It's we're we're going to wrap this up. A couple of people have asked, you know, is this available later? Yeah. These, uh, interviews are always available immediately afterward at the same link, and then they're always available at the 48days.net site under the Tuesday teleseminars. So you can go back and listen to it again and refer your friends to this if they're interested in podcasting it as well. Cliff, you've been a pleasure to have on a wealth of information. Thanks for sharing so freely from your heart and expertise on this. I know it's been encouraging to our listeners as well. Well, hey, I, I want to thank you again, and and I would just I, I would be remiss if I forgot to just mention you know I talked about my good friend Andy Traub, the guy who introduced you and I, and and uh, has made so many under, other wonderful things happen as a result of that. And I just want to say that not only is he a great friend, brother in Christ, but he's also one of my co-hosts for a show that we do together called Business Tech Weekly, and people can find that at businesstechweekly.com. Awesome. That sounds great. I know and love Andy as well. Appreciate his expertise. He's one of our, on our tech team for 48days.net. Just today answered a real critical question for me. He went right through the, the math 
that I couldn't see through and gave me a succinct answer, and I appreciate that. Awesome. All right, well, with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of 48 Days, member call on Tuesday evening. Again, this is Dan Miller, your host. Uh, just stay involved. Ask questions that you've got on 48days.net, forums or blogs, and we'll visit you there. Have a great evening. Good night. Well, my friends, there you go. That is the interview. And like I said, I cannot tell you how much of an honor it was to be on his show. Anyway, folks, I want to say thank you to, uh, for subscribing to the Podcast Answer Man show. If you know anybody else out there looking to take their audio podcasting to the next level, tell them about PodcastAnswerMan.com. And hey, there's a couple things I want you to check out. If you haven't done so already, go to PodcastAnswerMan.com. Look for the post that I did on May 21st. There are, there are some video blog posts that I did there. If you're creating YouTube videos, you have to check out the SEMA SL20LX Ultra Bright Video Light. You will not believe the YouTube video that I put online about it. And uh, the fact that this Ultra Bright Video Light that does such an amazing job is only $30. You got to check it out. Go to PodcastAnswerMan.com. And, uh, of course, you know, if you're checking this out as soon as I release this thing, it'll be the one right before this podcast episode. But uh, for those of you who are listening to this far, far in the future, it was done on May 21st, 2010. And as a matter of fact, if you go to the Podcast Answer Man site and just do a search for Ultra Bright Video Light, and that will pull up that those videos for you. Anyway, yeah. Lots of great things happening. I'm going on vacation this week. I need a vacation after the long uh, planning and everything that went into the lost finale party that we just had. It was a huge success. Uh, I'm going to be doing a post here soon about all the press coverage that I had. I'm going to try to gather it all up in one place and talk about how I went about getting all this press and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, well, this one's very long. Thank you for sticking around and we'll talk to you soon. Oh, by the way, while you're at podcastanswerman.com, over on the right-hand side, there's a brand new button over there that says Podcast Answer Man mailing list. I don't know why it's taken me forever to get it on there. I will tell you this, folks. I have made I, I've made tens of thousands of dollars as a result of my mailing list. So if you don't have one, you should. Uh, but I will tell you this. Less than 200 people on the Podcast Answer Man mailing list. And uh, there's been a, some products that I've put out, and I announced those products there to those individuals. If you want to be notified of upcoming products and services and webinars and training and all this other stuff that I plan on doing, the place to get that information is by being on the Podcast Answer Man mailing list. And now, finally... I've put a button on the website. Go check it out, podcastanswerman.com, and look over into the sidebar. You'll see Podcast Answer Man mailing list. God bless you all. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll be back soon with more of your questions and some answers. Until then, join the community. Join the community.